Welcome to Into the Breach, where we discuss what it takes to be fully alive. The unexamined life is not worth living. This is a quote that we hear by uh, Socrates, a very uh, ancient philosopher. Socrates. Socrates, some call him. Today we want to talk about faith and why it's important and uh, kind of just set the stage. There's three main questions we want to look at. And all of them point back to God. The answer to all of these questions, uh, we would argue, should lead to God. And the first one that we're going to hone in on today would be, who am I? The, the topic of identity. And then what is my purpose on earth and uh, where am I going after? So as we discuss the topic of identity and, and as we ask ourselves, you know, who am I? And as we look around our, our world, I think that there's a serious crisis of identity mm-hmm. in today's world. Uh, you know, you'd ask somebody who they are, they might answer that they're, you know, a physician, they're an accountant, they're a college student, but maybe they wouldn't look at it through the lens that they are a child of God. So, so John, you know, how do we, how do we begin with, uh, with the topic of identity? You know, where do you and... Uh, other men striving towards Christ, you know, how do we begin to even tackle this identity crisis? Well, I think um, talking about the topic of identity in relation to um, an authentic Catholic manhood, in relation to our Catholic faith, um, we have to start where a lot of us start naturally um, with our families, because that's where a lot of us get our first um, inclinations of what our identity is, um, who we are, um, and more specifically within the family from our parents. I think a lot of us as men, we will um, pull our identity and a lot of times what we want to be from uh, our father figures. Um, now, obviously, we all come from different backgrounds, different uh, family settings, which, is, which I think especially is true for us three here. You know, we all have very different um, backgrounds of... Um, Where we come from. Yeah, different family settings too. Um, and so I think that factors in a lot. And I think it's important to remember that um, the father figure in your family should be um, the kind of image of what the Heavenly Father is kind of brought to earth. Obviously not in a way that is completely fulfilling because the only you know, father that can fulfill us completely is God, mm-hmm. but almost um, as like a, like, a, like a stand-in role. Sure. So, so I, you know, just to sum up what you what you were saying is yeah, basically I was you rambling. You, sorry. No, just just <laughs> basically go. that you, you know, you can't really know yourself unless you know your creator, unless you know your parent, your dad. Yeah. Um. And and not only know them, but you know, as as young children, we always were probably looking about looking up to our dad and, and noticing some qualities we see in him that we try to model today. Yeah. Well, and even for. Um, <clears throat> I like what you said about, like, you know, you can't know who you are unless you know your, your creator. Mm-hmm. Um, and that rings true, obviously, for our relationship with our Heavenly Father, but also just, like, within our own families on a more secular level. Um, say there's a child who um, his parents or her parents gave him up for adoption at birth, and so they have some idea of what their identity is, but they'll never really know who they are or where they came from until they, un- like, will learn about their natural birth parents. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a huge part degree, for those. Yeah. yeah. What would what would we say? You know, some people might sit here and listen to this, and uh, you know they might agree. Yeah, 
hey, my dad's a doctor. I want to be a doctor. You know, hey, my dad has a great sense of humor. Um, and people really like that. I, I kind of want to do that too. But I'm sure there's people here that say, you know what? I actually hate my father. Everybody, everything that he is, is nothing I would ever want to be. Or, you know, Absolutely. this is this is not, you know, this is obviously the case for a lot of a lot of kids. You know, how would we what would we look at and how could we answer that? Yes, I mean the kind of the absence of the father being what you want him to be. Some people use that as like evidence, right? Of of men kind of being the problem or, you know, not needing the father. I can just bypass the father because the father failed for me. <clears throat> but um that really is evidence of the necessity of the father, right? Like he failed because you wanted him to meet a certain standard they didn't meet, right? He, there is a standard, uh, even if maybe since you didn't have your dad there the, the way you want him to be, you, you're still uncertain what the standard is, but you know that he didn't meet that standard. And that, um, that's the frustration, right? It's not because there isn't a standard, you know, it's because there is one. Um, of course, you know, the problem that often follows when the dad either can't be there because of death or whatever the circumstances are, um, a father who's just not very good at being a, a dad, um, you know, in, in varying ways, uh, is like the solution is often like, well, men are the problem, right? Um, but again, I think it points back to well, bad men are the problem, not just men. You know, yes, we and, want some standard of men for men to meet. Absolutely, and, and the and the fact is that the, the individual saying, you know, I hate my father. I don't I, the things that you know. This is this is false, and you know what we would say is no. Everything that you hate about your father is everything you wanted him to be, and all the all the things that he failed you in are the things that you wanted him to be there for. So, you know, it's. It's kind of a neat parallel we could make is the absence of a father on earth versus the absence of a father in heaven. Um, because we see, we see reoccurring themes. You know, when someone's, the absence of a father on, on earth, right, somebody might say, hey, my father wasn't here, or my father didn't do this for me, so now I know this. For instance, my father never told me, oh, this is a very extreme example, but my father never, never told me I was beautiful. He never told me about the worth that I had this is coming from a female. So now I'm going to go use my body. I'm going to uh, give my body to the world so everyone can appreciate my beauty and, and my body. I think it's also important. Um, <clears throat> I agree with what you're saying, but I think it's important to make the distinction that sometimes that connection is like a completely subconscious kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yes. Like the connection between like the lack of the earthly father and then kind of the uh, that seeking for... Um, validation or uh, attachment or something with with, with um, other objects in the world is not like a really. I don't think it's ever. I don't really think it's very much a conscious decision that you make. I think it's almost more like a subconscious kind of connection that you just kind of go to or fall back on. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, mo <clears throat> I think most of the time it's subconscious because if you're conscious of it and you saw it as a negative effect, then you would actually try and like yeah. solve the Change, problem yes. versus go with what you're going with. And I mean, you know, the, maybe the male, you know, for men sometimes the equivalent is like the lack of a father means like I have to grasp like for, for power, you know, 
uh, whether that's in relationship, money, like sexual relationship, like a controlling relationship. Yes. Um, versus giving and receiving like that right, person would have had, you know, with a parent, with, with their dad. Yeah, and I think that it's important with the subconscious uh, thought. I, I, li- I like that a lot. Um, and because we can say, you know, sticking with this example of this this woman, you know, that, that wants to share her body now with the world, that we can sit here and say, you know, that's dis- you know, that's kind of disillusionment. That's distorted. That's that's a little bit off. You're missing the mark a little bit. We can say that, right? But she might not really actively be knowing that this is wrong. And this is in the same way, you know, the people today that have the absence of their heavenly Father, they don't, you know, God doesn't really mean anything to them. This is kind of the same, um, you know, subconscious thought of we, we can't really blame them right now for saying, hey, I'm, a, I'm just an accountant. Hey, I'm just, a, I'm, just a, I'm just a college student. Because that relationship that isn't there, again, is subconscious. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- that's a really interesting perspective right now. But like, what would you say to somebody that, that, you know, okay, so now they're hearing this and they're saying, well, you guys were raised in a different household. This was always around you. Um, you know, God was always in your, in your life and, and uh, you, you heard of God constantly. But for me, it wasn't really anything, you know, I didn't have this growing up. So how am I supposed to have a relationship with with God, he kind of hides himself. He's kind of, he's distant. Um, shouldn't he really be in my life? What do I do? That's, that's a good question. Um, obviously, I can't speak from the perspective of others. I can only speak from the perspective of myself and my own, my own background. But um, for me, I think well, obviously, God offers a relationship to all of us. God offers um, his presence to all of us in, in many different ways. And I think sometimes it's up to us to make the conscious effort to accept that invitation. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, like for me, I came from a, from a very um, solid Catholic background. My, my family was very, um, very faith-centered. Um, but... For a lot of times, I was just kind of going through the motions um, of that, <clears throat> and I think a lot of that stemmed from the fact uh, that I did lose my father when I was very young, and so you you kind of build the wall of um, God took my father; He doesn't care about me. Sure. So I think it's honestly, um, I think it honestly has a lot to do with um, one putting aside um, your own pride. Um, and then two, being able to make yourself vulnerable and um, acknowledge the fact that, okay, maybe, okay, yes, my my earthly father wasn't what I wanted him to be, or he um, couldn't be around in the capacity that I wanted him to be, um, and acknowledge that that's there, and acknowledge that it's not your fault, right? Um, and then I think once you are able to do that, that's when you're much more... Um, able to see the presence of your heavenly father in your life. I think also looking at um, like the unfulfilled desires that um, that uh, that you see like as missing, like we talk about the desire to feel, you know, be, know your worth, know your dignity. Um, 
I mean, if, if you come to the point of thinking that is a desire that I need fulfilled by somebody um, in a more perfect way and it, and it can't be fulfilled by an earthly mother or father, there's got to be some solution to that problem, right? Like if we have desires that can't be met here, mm-hmm. they've got to be met elsewhere kind of thing. Not on earth. Right. Yeah. Right. And even, um, you know, let's even say you came from a situation where you had a great family and you were affirmed in your dignity and everything. You still can't be, you know, perfectly loved. Yeah, there's still there's parent. still gaps that you're... Yeah, there's gaps in Longing behavior. for. Yeah, exactly. And it's always going to be, you know, insufficient in, in a, um, you know, an apparent or person here on earth so I think that's a way to look like where can I find that dignity affirmed and that would be the question of like well was I created by somebody who gave me my dignity like intrinsic to who I am you know that's the God question if you don't if you don't think that then your worth just kind of made up and it just depends on kind of person you know like if, if there is nothing there's no creator you're kind of an accident then it's kind of you kind of were just put here yeah. for no reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which affects Essentially. the second question, which, you know, we're going to talk about later, but... Yes, it distorts that. question. It, yeah. Right, right. Your, your purpose. Yeah. Because yeah. no. I like what you were saying earlier. I, I think, Mitchum, this is what you're driving at. And I like... Gabe brought this up earlier when we were talking about how each of these questions builds off each other and how if you can't answer one, then you really can't proceed to the second one. Right. And I think uh, I think that's important to keep in mind because... Um, <clears throat> like Mishim is saying, no one's um, family or relationship with their family or the way they're loved is perfect because obviously as humans we're flawed and we can't love perfectly. The only person who can love perfectly obviously is God. So I would say that like n- n- no family obviously is, is perfect, but I think a lot some people come from situations or families that are more ideal to understanding their dignity and understanding um, that they were created for a purpose and understanding where they're trying to go and accomplish with that purpose. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, for sure. We all, you know, it's, it's no secret we all have these very deep longings and yearnings that truly cannot be fulfilled by any earthly thing. And, and they only can be filled by something that is not of this world, that it is God. We believe that. And, you know... It makes me think, though, there's going to be people out there that that say, you know what, actually, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that because, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a businessman, for instance. I, you know, I have, have a lot of money. You know, I have very nice, nice car, house, everything's good. You know, I, I'm, I'm making six figures, whatever. So, no, I'd argue I'm happy. So this whole God thing doesn't really matter, I don't think. Um, you know, my parents aren't around anymore. They don't make me go to... They make me go to church. I have everything I really need. Um, so well, how do you answer that? Well, I mean, I think the answer to that is that, you know, none of those things are bad of themselves. Like, we need money to, you know, buy food, have a house. Um, we need, you know, uh, a, a job is, is helpful to take care of the needs that we have, you know, uh, healthcare, et cetera. But any of these things can be taken away from us at any moment. You know, anything that you're passionate about. If you're, you want to be a dancer, 
I could be taken away by an injury or, you know, just locate, you know, limitations based on location or any number of things, money even. Uh, if you want to be an accountant, that can be taken away from you. You know, mm-hmm. it, anything like that can be taken away from you. And and I guess our um, kind of our not sales pitch, but <laughs> sort of. I mean, you know, I mean, this is kind of a defense of like why do we think faith matters? Why do we want to talk about God? This this first episode here, um, and and part of it is you know that's the only thing that cannot be taken away from you. I mean, it doesn't mean don't love you know family and friends, because again, they could be taken away from you too, but right. they can't be the ultimate because right. again, what if you're, you know, only the only thing that matters to you is uh, the woman you're going to fall in love with. And, you know, who knows when she'd be taking people, you know, die on honeymoons or in marriage, whatever it is. And then you live 50 years without that person. And that was the meaning of your life. And so you have 50 years of just nothingness. So yeah, that those, all these goods, these other goods have to be subjected to something higher was what, you know, I think the three mm-hmm. of us would say, and that's kind of defense of yes, and the thing the, that can't be taken. And the thing that can't be taken away from you, you know, God and, and the faith and, and all these things, certainly find a very nice home in our next two questions of what's your purpose? You know, if your purpose is just to be an accountant, is this sticking with that example? If, if that's your only purpose, then, then why, why even be an accountant? If you're, if you're put on earth just to be an accountant. And then where am I going? Well, after, you're, after you retire or after you die, do you think that there's going to be anything else for you to do? Or is it just you're really just here for 60, 70, 80 years, if you're lucky, um, to be an accountant? You know, but instead, if you say right now, and though who I am, actually, I'm created by God. I know my creator, first of all, in the first question. And then second, what's my purpose? Well, my, my, my purpose is to return to my creator by loving, serving, and knowing him. You know, and then third, where am I going? I'm going back to him. Yeah. Those two different dynamics are very crucial. But I'm afraid a lot of people don't even think about those. And it's kind mm-hmm. of uh, an absent, kind of just go through life. Um, these, these deep yearnings are kind of, uh, we become numb to them. You know, it's not instant, it doesn't matter. Mm. I think there's like a false realism of like, some may say, oh, I know where I came from, where I'm going. Like, here are the historical facts about my family. Like, they're from here. They are into these things. They do this, et cetera. Um, That's true, and you can't change those. But you could allow that to like pigeonhole you and like limit you so much. You know what I mean? Like to where, um, again, that would point back to like the, I had a bad, you know, if you had a bad father, you're kind of done because that's right. a historical facts else. of your life. Yep. Or the father wasn't able to be there, or chose not to be there, or whatever it was. Um, you know, so it's it, there's an importance of being realistic about where you come from so that you can then fill have those gaps filled in of what was missing. But you can't just point back and say, oh, I grew up in, you know, this town in these circumstances – so my kind of happiness is very narrowed to like, I don't know, being, you know, just living in this little town and just getting by and doing those things, you know. Yeah, just getting through the day. <laughs> I don't know. There's something common to your humanity to the person who didn't grow up in that town and grew up somewhere else. Yeah. 
I think what's also really cool about um, some of these, you know, we're, we've we've I'm kind of backtracking a little bit to what Mitchum talked about earlier, um, about how none of these like um, things like your career or who you're gonna marry or your family that are none of them are like inherently bad or no. evil. It's just the way that you go about um, approaching them or um, living them. Um, I was just you were you were saying that mission, and I was just thinking about how, um, in specifically in regards to okay, so maybe, maybe the 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 woman you're gonna fall in love with and marry, maybe that's maybe she's all that there is for you. But I think if you approach that um, relationship or that, um, that that marriage in a way that puts both of your identities in God, then there are ways, obviously that. Um, you can be physically separated, but I don't think like ever completely separated. I'm taking into the yeah, example like um, you were saying. I was just thinking about like um, my mom, for example. Um, you know, my dad's been dead now, coming up on like 14 years, maybe. Yeah, four, 14 years, and I mean, I don't physically, yes. For my mom, at least, like physically, he's not there. But I don't think she ever completely lost him. Sure, and and I and I want to believe that her purpose right now, because of where she knows she came from, right? She knows her creator, so she knows her purpose. Right. Right now, is to know and love her creator, so that wherever she's going, she might be able to get to be with him again. Right. Like it's a big circle. It's a big circle. It is, and it's like once you ground, um, I think once you ground like your career or um. For us being students, me and Gabe, like our studies or um, our relationships or what we're doing, once we ground that and put that, the identity of that in like God, that's when the stuff we're doing on earth becomes really fruitful, I think. And we find the most joy in it. Right. It, it doesn't become um, a burden or like, oh, let's just mm. get through Monday and hopefully Friday will be here soon. Yeah. Right. And then you can be the accountant that is truly a good fully alive accountant who, you know, you know, if he has a family, he does his job to provide for his family, Mm -hmm. provide for, you know, whatever company he's doing, he's accounting for, you know, interact well with his coworkers and challenge them to be better at what they do Mm -hmm. versus like, I'm an accountant. I'm going to make as much money as I can. My family doesn't see me because I'm at the office all the time, Yeah, but I'm providing for their material needs. You know, they're going to go to a great (laughs) school and never talk to them, but yeah, they, you know, they'll have everything they need, right? They'll have great vacations and great things and a great house, but they'll never have an identity that's outside of material things. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that points to, I mean, a lot of what we're coming back to, you're talking about your mom, you know, working towards, uh, you know, being with your father again in heaven kind of thing. And I think it points back to a lot of the idea comes to, like, to non-material things, like a spiritual thing. And so we're saying something there about, like, what a human being is, right? We're making a pretty big claim that a human being is not just a body, right? Correct. Um, so, I, you know, that there would be a lot of people out there who would hear that and have big problems with that you know they, they would have say, a fit right <laughs> yeah they'd be like well you have an idea of god but that's just you know automatic phantasms you know in your brain that decided to believe this or 
even your love of someone is just chemicals, you know, like a chemical reaction to a specific person they've encountered repeatedly or <laughs> formed something, you know. Yeah. Uh, the love is not something immaterial. It's not something that uh, will always last. It's not something that um, is truly separate from, like, just personal, enjoy- like, pleasure, you know, yeah. from that from that person. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind of summarizing it a little bit, but maybe there's more we can say about, you know, what is, what are we saying a person is if it's not, you know, like what does it mean to be yeah, so obviously, a body and a soul kind mm-hmm. of thing? Yeah, which, which you know, alludes into the, the point that, you know, human beings are unlike other creatures. Like we are created differently, you know, free will. through the free will that we have and, and through our intellect and mind to know and love our creator unlike other beings. You know, they can, they can point to their creator. Sure, like a, a plant can point to God, right? You know, it, it's, it's possible for it to, to, you know, show its nature coming from something greater than itself. But we are the only ones that can rationally know and love and serve our creator and, and have the, our, our intellect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do find it interesting. I just I hadn't previously thought about it a ton. I mean, before this podcast was just the whole argument of, you know, if we are just automatic, right? Like we don't choose. That doesn't really explain how we're having such an argument over diversity of like what human nature is. You know what I mean? Like if we're automatic, then why is there such a diversity among like how humans decide to live? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, chipmunks always act like chipmunks. Yeah. Free willy, you know, killer whales. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Always act like killer the whales. I'm a, yeah, they're going to mute me soon. No. But, uh, you know, the, these different, all these different creatures, like a, an oak tree in certain conditions, you know, always acts like an oak tree. Right. Um, that doesn't really make any sense if we're just automatic chemical responses, how, you know, humans act in these totally different ways. Right, because John is different than I am, and, you know, I'm different than you, Mitchum, and and, and that's just, you know, that kind of contradicts the entire position that some people will take of of it being just kind of a chemical response to to nature, in a sense. Right. I think that points to that freedom, and the freedom then points to you being more than just matter, you know, that you're a soul who can choose to live in your nature. And, it, and then that even points back to, you know, the free responses that we have to where we came from, you know, like some people will, and, and many people that, you know, if they come from a bad situation, their response will be to end up, in, you know, not knowing who they are. Those responses yeah. we talk about, like the absence of the father, but not everybody, because it's not automatic. Some people will know the heavenly father to then, you know, still, uh, still, still know the heavenly father, even though the earthly father didn't give that to them, I guess. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> are we live? Maybe. Yes, we are. So you almost deleted the whole thing. Wait, are we? Yeah, we're recording. Okay. It's time's time's ticking. Okay. All right, now philosophy okay. time with Mitchum's over. 
Whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Trash talk. Okay. <laughs> so we talked a lot about like the absence of the earthly father or um, I almost feel like we talked about two extremes, like coming from a family where your uh, your father was absent or wasn't what you wanted him to be and then coming from a family where you did have a good father and you did have a good family and, and you carried that over into, you know, a more independent stage of your life, say like going to college. I'm wondering, so then what about the the people that, you know, came from a good family, came from a good background, came to college or wherever, moved on to the next stage of their life and kind of lost that and kind of started to slip away? Well, hopefully they can, I would say, see the difference in how they're li- like their fulfillment and how they're living in those two different lives. They can see the difference. Like, here's how I was with this amazing family that I have. And here's how I am, you know, living the way everybody else in the world's living. And it may not me like the new way may be like very pleasurable as far as like material things. Um, but hopefully on a deeper level, they're seeing that something is missing. Um, for themselves, and then also just just for them to notice that, like, they're not getting the cool thing that everybody else had. Like, they're actually entering into what everybody else missed out on. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Do you think it also stems from, you know, that I I, I think that's a lot of those um, people who or kids or college students, or whatever, who kind of have their first taste of coming from that background, they find themselves almost as being the like the minority or the exception. Do you think that um, speaks to a kind of lack of fathers or quality um, fatherhood in today's world? Definitely. I mean, yeah, the fact that most of the people, maybe when they go to school or whatever, don't have that speaks to the fact that they didn't have the father figure, either earthly father figure or heavenly father figure um, in their life. And so I even think this is what's funny is this points back to the whole question of like receiving your identity uh, and how we all want a common human identity. Like the person who was raised in a great family and then goes and rebels, they do that because they want to be in common with what everybody else around them is. Mm-hmm. It's just a distorted view of what's common. Right. You know, it should, what's common should be what they had growing up. Right. But in, unfortunately, it's not. What's common is the distortion. And I think God, you know, deep down in that person, God instills in them a desire for more. And, and they're still, they still have these deep yearnings that, that they, you know, that they, they want to be filled with something. And they're going to continue to try to fill them with, with worldly things. But ultimately, you know, by the grace of God, they will be, be led back. And that's evident in a lot of people that I, that I do know. So I, I think that, you know, as we, as we kind of wrap up today, um, I, I think it would be good if we just kind of summarize our entire, um, the point we were making today, and then that would be a really nice lead into our second question of, of purpose. You know, so as we talked about the absence of, of an earthly father, we kind of tried to um, kind of, Parallel that with the absence of Heavenly Father and, and, and use each of them and kind of kind of compare and contrast them. You know, so with the earthly father on earth, you know, when, when someone, you know, doesn't have a father on earth or doesn't have a good father on earth and they, they you know, for instance, with the girl that, 
that the that the dad, you know, he didn't he didn't tell her she was beautiful. He didn't he didn't you know do the things that she needed him to do. Now she has this distorted idea that you know, hey, my dad didn't do this for me, so now I have the idea that my body is, you know, beautiful, and I'm gonna go share it with the world. Well. She's not wrong of her being beautiful and being, you know, full of worth. However, her idea of what to do, you know, that idea is distorted. And, uh, you know, for instance, say that her father was really loving to her and, and he was the ideal father. You know, we, wanna, we would say that probably she would go and say, you know, my dad continued to tell me I was, I was sacred and I was special. And so I'm going to, you know, keep this, my body, for, for one special person because of the sacredness of myself. And if we compare that to the Heavenly Father, it's very similar. It's the same thing. You know, the absence of our Heavenly Father on earth, I'm sorry, our, our Heavenly Father while we're here on earth, is very similar that when we don't have God in our life, when, when He isn't, you know, when, when we don't find our identity in Him, we have these distorted views. It's the same exact thing. And it affects our purpose. It affects who we are. So, so when we say, who are we? You know, we're just the accountant. We're just the, the doctor. We're just the college student. That's a, that's a distorted view. However, when we ground ourselves in God, you know, we can we can definitely say who we are. And and now that I know who I am, I know what I want to do. I know I know my purpose. I know where I'm going. So so I think it's really important that once we finally find our identity in our heavenly Father, uh, it's really it's really special moving forward. And we can finally move on to question number two. Yeah, and I think um, I like that kind of that comparison there. Um, and I also think it's important to keep in mind that um, I, I like the examples you used of, of you know, maybe the girl whose who's, um, earthly father wasn't everything she needed him to be or um, her father, the earthly father who was. And I think that goes both ways um, for women and for men because, you know, obviously if you have an earthly father who's um, telling you you have your self-worth and telling you um, that the respect and, and, and the beauty that, say, um, we we hold within us as, as, as humans with a body and a soul, then I then you know, as a man, you also start to respect your, your, your own body more and you respect um, the dignity of, of those around you as well. So um, our, next, our next question we'll be diving into um, next week will be, um, we've talked about the, our identity. We're going to be talking about our purpose. What are we doing? Why are we doing it? Um, and Why are we here? Yeah. yeah. And I think um, as kind of a... Um, um, a prequel to that uh, discussion. I just want to leave you with this little, this little nugget of, of kind of what I think really sums up very nicely what we talked about today, that when we ground our identity um, of ourselves and everything that we do in our Heavenly Father, we stop living as if we are only matter and we begin living as if our lives and our actions matter.